Larry Monkey. You can find me on Twitter at FF Larry Monkey. You know who's hanging out tonight. He's always here. The deer, the Georgia Bulldog, the Mississippi hippie, the redneck hippie from Mississippi at Rod DFF. Justin Rogers. What's up, my man? Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> I'm still celebrating from uh, a week and a half ago. So let's go. Let's go, dogs. That's what I'm talking about. You can, just, you can always bring up the Georgia thing. I mean, hell, I got another like 360 days of this, right? Something like that. I just keep yeah. celebrating. Let's run it back. Yeah. No deer today, though. I did go hunting this morning. No deer. Did you go hunting this morning, Larry? No. I didn't do any hunting. <laughs> I, I'm in New Jersey, and I have a one-year-old that's stuck to my leg 24-7. I keep telling you there's hunting in Jersey. Uh, you sent me a message this week or this weekend or something, and you were like, I can't send a message out because my hand, my fingers are frozen. What, what were you doing? When that when I got that message from you. All right. So I was hunting, but I was sitting in the stand and I was I was bow hunting. So I didn't want gloves on. And it was like 37 degrees. And literally I would be trying to type something and my fingers would bounce off and I'd hit like four different letters. And at the backspace that it took me forever to send messages. It was awful. No, we I mean it was it was a good time. I got a really cool video of a little four point that came in and just relaxed, but it was chilly. So, so this was the bow and arrow. You're out bow yeah, and arrow. Right, right, right. Yep. Nice. Yep. Now, enough of this small talk. Yeah. Well, we you know, a- I'm a, I'm a pretty diehard archery hunter. Oh. See what I did there? Yes. Ah. I see what you did we, there. We got a diehard here as well with us. This is, a, I guess, you could call him the Bruce Willis of fantasy football, right? <laughs> is that what we're going with? You see what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> the I'm impressed so far. No, Keep it going. Let's go. We got Bob that's, Harris, man. That's the Bob voice Harris. of Bob Harris. Yeah. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the show. Oh, man. Thanks for having me, Larry. Justin, nice of you to invite me. And uh, and uh, I have not been hunting yet today. So it's early. Bob Harris at Football Die Hard, Sirius Satellite, radio show. You're on all the time, right? I'm on a fair amount, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, four or five days a week, depending on what part of the year it is. Sometimes Thanks. more six days, some days, sometimes. So, oh, so yeah, I'm on a fair amount. Uh, it's hard to avoid me. Uh, I guess I'm counting the NFL. I'm on radio, NFL radio one night a week. We have a show as well. So it's been mm-hmm. a simulcast on both channels. So that's been an ongoing joy uh, to be able to discuss with the masses all the fantasy football goodness. So, so is that starting to slow down for you, Bob? I will, so right now I'm down to, uh, I want to say, four days a week. And yeah. uh, that's just fine. And then uh, once we get past the playoffs, it'll hopefully go to one day a week. Last few years, I've had like a little heavier schedule because I've kind of been like co-hosting on Michael Fabiano's show and doing other things. Mm-hmm. So I would like to maybe do a little bit less. So uh, unless they want me to do more and then I want to get paid, but right, uh, yeah. until, <laughs> until I'm not, I'm fine. Not doing as much. I mean, plenty going on the football diehards, YouTube channel, you know, doing multiple live streams a week there and joyous podcasts like this one uh, on the yes. regular. So it doesn't really slow down too much. I don't call it an off season, call it the alter season and dive on through. There's a lot going on. You know, we do uh, magazines here. At uh, Fantasy Sports Publications is the company that runs football diehards, et cetera. So <clears throat> we do five annual magazines. So that process kind of starts like tomorrow, oh, right? Yeah. So, you know, so yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty much an ongoing uh, enterprise. You know, you have the in season product that you do on the website, the, all the media stuff. And then we hit the uh, alter season and jump into the magazine. Market. Do you have like a uh, published dates for each? Yeah. 
They, they all come out very close to the same time. Yeah. You, uh, but so, yeah, they all come out like uh, July, August range. And yep. the target dates obviously are pretty firm because there's like uh, railroad cars of paper and ink waiting to uh, be used. And then so yeah. you gotta, kind of got to hit the dates. But we'll start working up, you know, finding people, figuring out articles, assigning things and that kind of stuff, picking, picking pictures. All You know, a lot goes into it. So when you have five different magazines, that's. You know, you're talking close to 800 pages by the time it's all done. So, dude, yeah. that's crazy, man. The magazine that somebody rolls into their ba- backyard draft, yes, you know, rolled up in their I, back pocket. Oh. That's that's the that's the, that's the magazine. <laughs> one of them, the the pro forecast we've been doing for 30 years now, so it's wow. like I believe one of the longest running. So, uh, and we're can't hardly miss them. They're they're, they're pretty much everywhere. So we've kind of grown it over the course of time into five different titles and. And of course, you know, realizing the uh, limitations of print. Once it's done, things happen after that. We realize that. That's why we tie it into the website. So, like, basically, you try and, you know, over the years, we've kind of figured this out. There's a little balance between, you know, you have to put information out, out that's going to change, and you know that it's going to change. So, uh, but for the most part, you try and make the articles a little more evergreen, a little, you know, kind of focus on the strategy and, you know, predicting breakouts, things like that. Uh, when things do change, you have a website called football.hearts.com. And part of the price of the magazine, you go in there and get the codes and get to dive into the website. So you get fresh rankings and everything you need, all the updated information you need. So uh, when I started doing this, like when I started working for this company, I want to say, you know, started dabbling in 93 with them, uh, but moved forward and started working for them in 96. I, I kind of was of the mind, wow, this is kind of the, the sunset portion of the industry, right? <laughs> Print, you know, because the internet was starting and yeah, I was, was, I was kind of into that. Going, I was yeah. way into that end of it. You know, I'd been a web designer and done stuff before that. So yeah, 93, was, there wasn't really like, there wasn't too many computers out there in 1993, right? No, but like 96, 97 <laughs> when AOL was popping off. Right. So <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, I was pretty, Crazy. pretty early on. There was a, there was a handful of us out there doing this. And, uh, you know, I, I was doing it, you know, starting out, we were doing it. I would actually send out a U.S. mail newsletter uh, and try to get that out on Wednesday. And hopefully it would get to places by the weekend. Oh, wow. and, uh, nice. and But also as part of that, I would send out a fax. And so the first year I would send out faxes on my old computer and my old gateway yeah. computer. And, and, you know, that was, you know, kind of a little bit of an adventure because at the time, you know, first year I had like one phone line. So. When someone's fax didn't show up when they thought it was, they're trying to call in and it's crashing all my faxes. They're trying to go out there. <laughs> I'm sitting there uh, in a big puddle of tears going, oh, you know, it was not long after that. I, my first year in business was 1993. And so it wasn't too long after that. Like the second year, uh, fax broadcasters started hitting me up and that was a godsend. So I could, you know, hit one send. And at that time, I don't think anyone else was really doing a specific sheet. And I would literally make a one page sheet of, everything that went on in practice that day. And Man. pretty much nobody was doing that back then. And that's kind of, you know, the genesis of this was I started playing, you know, in like 1986 and, and pretty much two weeks into this, I said, we don't know enough to do this right. Right. And we, don't, <laughs> we don't have the information we need. And it, and it kind of, you know, the idea kind of, you know, was in my head. And then I started like working towards that end and was doing graphic design, stuff like that. And, uh, you know, naturally evolved into doing a newsletter for my, that first league and that kind of evolved into, Hey, wait a minute, you know? So, and then it all kind of went on from there, but the, the, like the third year, I want to say 95, 
uh, one of my subscribers, you know, said, Hey, have you ever heard of the World Wide Web? <laughs> the World Wide Web. The World Wide Web. I said, No, please, <laughs> please tell me more about this. And, you know, the upshoot was uh, I could send a million of something for the same price I could send one of something. Right. Yeah. I said, Sign me up for some of that, please. I will take some of this World Wide Web. And, uh, and I took it to heart and I like, I got really into the design end of it. And, you know, the early realization was nobody knows I'm just one guy sitting here because I can create whatever I want to create. Right. I can be <laughs> Microsoft for all anybody knows. <clears throat> and there were times like I, you know, I was pretty handy with the design, but I would win, you know, design awards, top 5% of the web or whatever, you know, and I get, you know, get a call from a, there's a paper that did a bunch of stuff and, you know, the guy at the newspaper said, wow, man, you know, look at all that content. Looking at your site, it's really extensive, man. What do you got? Like, how many people working there? Like 50 people? Why <laughs> should I tell him? Yes, we have 50 people. Uh, yeah, I mean, just, you know, yeah. you you could present yourself on the internet. And that's kind of, you know, it, it struck me pretty early on that I should probably just turn into a thing and make it like an industry. Maybe we all needed to look a little better. And so I did a lot of work for other people in the business and a lot of it for free just because i thought man you know if i feel fill the pool a little higher we'll all float a little higher it helps me and and so i ended up doing a lot of a lot of web design work back then and a lot of graphics and things like that that helped people out and uh you know it was an interesting time we were all kind of frenemies back then uh you know people kind of at odds but also you know realized we all kind of had similar goals and you know there were some mutually beneficial things we could all do right. so it was a, it was it was a good time kind of that and you mentioned justin the uh you know kind of the, the really the steam the 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 wind into the sails of the fantasy football was the was the internet and not just like commissioner programs that was huge right like when you could start you know changing from yeah absolutely. right that was a big game automated changer. and just plugging people right. in there yeah absolutely. but also when people like you know the nfl started realizing oh wow there's money to be made here and instead of like we should shun the these weirdos we should probably make some money off them that changed <laughs> the dynamic a fair amount as well and that was kind of later in the 90s you know 97 98 and you know in the in the shift was real and, and so like everything i expected was going to happen when i started doing this it, well when i started thinking about it in the late 80s you know i'm going to be very rich and i'm going to this is going to be the <laughs> biggest thing ever everybody loves this there's nobody that does it and so a lot of that came true everyone does love it and everyone wants to play it i did not become rich but uh <laughs> but others did and congratulations to that yeah where'd you go matthew Berry? <laughs> <laughs> so who's your team who do you root for i don't root for any teams i hate them all equally <laughs> nice. i like I like the least complicated teams. I write about teams all day, every day. Well, I want to know, like, how'd you even get wind of, fa of fantasy sports in the eighties? <laughs> I lived in Tucson, Arizona and, you know, had a group of friends and one of our, one, one of the guys in the, our group of friends uh, went to San Diego to get a job and he worked there for a, a year or so. And he came back, he said, Hey, you guys, I found this thing and you're going to love it. <laughs> and I said, oh, okay. <laughs> and you know, we had like a, the right size right. group of friends yeah. and, and he was correct. I mean, we did love it and we, we couldn't get enough of it. We sat around and I had a friend uh, who passed away a couple of years ago, Brian Francisco, who had a phenomenal mind for statistics and tracking numbers. And I mean, our early leagues, he did completely by hand and did all, you know, handled everything. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, and also, you know, as I got into the, you know, started do, getting into the business end of it, he did, he was working with me there early on and, you know, did a lot of the projections and things like that, that we relied on. And he was great. Uh, and at his funeral, we had spread out on the table, a bunch of those old handwritten notes. He still had just reams <laughs> of these things. And, 
And I tried to get him to kind of come along, you know, as the years went on, he just didn't like to use a computer, you know, and it was just hard, you know, Brian, I'm having a hard time translating this over to my files. Could we please get you a computer? Uh, you know, so <laughs> anyway, great guy. But that was kind of the, you know, the genesis was basically just, wow, this is fantastic. I mean, the first thing that came to my mind is everyone's going to play this, right? <laughs> as soon as everyone finds this, everybody's playing this. Nobody's not going to play this. I can't imagine. And so, and I still can't imagine, like, you don't play fantasy sports, but that's kind of it, right? Right? It's hard to come across, I think, in our circles, you know, everyone's in our circle because they're in our circle. But but I do think, you know, when I'm out talking to people and, you know, you're at a, you're at a place and like, oh, I know what fantasy football is, where when I first started doing this, my parents would come over and say, so what is it you do? And I would show them on a computer <laughs> screen. I'm making this. You make computer monitors? No, it's in the, in the thing in there. I'm. It's about football. And, you know, people people had no idea. They, they're like, how do you play football without football? You know, and it was so that battle was, you know, won long ago, though. I mean, I think everyone now has a pretty good idea. It's been yeah. mainstreamed so much into the broadcasts, every single thing. Well, you mentioned Matthew Berry. I can't turn on my television set without Matthew Berry talking to me. And I do. I'm very nice. I, he looks fantastic. I text him every show, say, you look great, man. He does that wardrobe thing. Like, you know, back in the day, they, they called the sports department of newspapers the toy department. And so fantasy was like the toy department of the toy department. Yeah. Right? You know, we were like, we were nothing. And, and so, and it is, it has been amazing how it's been mainstreamed. And it's been mainstreamed for a reason. There's a whole bunch of us and we spend a bunch of money on it. So yep. Right. Uh, that's that's the key, right? There came a point where the NFL, I think, did a study, I want to say 97, 98, somewhere in there. They realized the obvious. Who is these people watching every game until the last yeah. second, no matter what the score is? Oh, it's those guys. Yeah. Oh. And, and now, you know, I, I say guys, but it's not guys. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I can't think of the last league I was in without ladies in it and, you know, contributing and, you know, filling up the space. So, I mean, it's not, it's everybody is into it. And, and, and I totally get why I endorse this kind of behavior. People get more involved. When did you figure out like, all right, this is what I want to do full time. Probably when I decided to start doing it, I, when I said, I'm going to make this a business. So like, you know, I was meandering around. I had no idea what I was going to be kind of doing all kinds of scurrilous narrative well things and trying to hold down a job and trying to make enough money to get by and party the next day and oh you know the same stuff every young person does right, and right. uh and i wasn't all that young though so i should have known better pretty early i mean i said wow this is really cool i really like the whole fantasy football thing i liked creating and writing things it just all seemed to come together i said what if i made this the thing i did and you know so 30 <laughs> years later it is the thing i did and uh, mm -hmm. still do. And it's, I'm as surprised as anyone else. First. Um, <laughs> what did you do before this? Before uh, you really any number of things. I was a graphic designer, kind of worked in the engineering world. I started out, you know, writing quality manuals and instruction like manuals. Like the 80s and 90s you're talking about. Right, right? in the yeah. 80s, in the yeah. mid 80s, early to mid 80s. And so uh, that's when know, people I, are smoking in the office and stuff. Right, right, know? right. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> the, the parties were epic. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so kind of the, you know, the background of the writing, I, I'm not like a highly trained communicator, but I am pretty good at it from experience. But I, I wrote, like, did a lot of writing of manuals and instructions and, you know, those kind of things in the engineering world. And then as I was working on these computers way back then, I said, wow, I'm, I was a pretty good artist as well. So, so I kind of started combining the two and the computer seemed to be a way. And I was like kind of a, an irritant back in the day. I was one of the first people using a windows based machine to do graphic design, which uh, drove the typesetters and the, uh, image output people insane because they all worked on Macs and I was like an outcast, but 
still highly loved because I'm a very likable person. And so learned a lot early in those, you know, in those mid eighties, trying to get files to print and things like that. And that's kind of, you know, how it worked when I said, wow, I want to make a newsletter thing. Well, guess what? I make those. <laughs> so I do that. This is kind of what I do at the time. That was pretty much my sole occupation was graphic design. So they just kind of gelled in early, the early edition, 93, 94, the print version of that was pretty damn fancy for if I do say so myself. I mean, I it was an eight page newsletter. I printed out negatives. I ran the negatives to a printer. We printed them on actual with actual printing. It was enough, uh, you know, laser jet back then. It was a we actually printed them, folded them up, got them in the mail. And so that was, uh, you know, kind of a big deal. But I was kind of like really particular about how things looked. And that kind of carried over to the web. And I ended up doing a lot of fairly innovative things in terms of web design, in terms of creating images that were small enough in terms of bandwidth, but still, still really look good. And then started hooking mm -hmm. up with people who were, you know, kind of like-minded. Uh, David Dodds and I, uh, who laughs with football guys, who was just like, super smart right and he knew you know we started trying to figure out javascript and all these things that would help us and how we could do this and you know build stores and make money and all these things and that was kind of the early evolution and all these things kind of worked into things that i enjoyed doing but at the same time i loved creating the content as well i i, I have a line that i always use i use it in my uh, hall of fame induction speech i'm very fancy um <laughs> but one goal when i first started doing this was number one i was just a guy who started doing this so the primary objective was to not look like a guy who just started doing this. And so, you know, years of readings, I'm out at the mailbox every Friday from the time I'm a kid up waiting for the Sports Illustrated, reading all those great yeah. writers and, and things like that. And so you kind of learn how, you know, the storytelling and, and the best thing about the fantasy community is you're you're preaching to a choir, right? I mean, they're all they all, you know, know exactly what you're talking about. They've been where you've been. You're, you're you know, you're telling them things they already know. And that's kind of, you know. It's weird that we're in a business where I'm telling people things they already know. A lot of what people, you know, a lot of what readers, subscribers, listeners want to hear is that they're not crazy, right? That the things they're thinking <laughs> are not that out of line. And, and it's easy, you know, <clears throat> it's easy to kind of confirm that. And just by, you know, sharing your own experience and what you're seeing and, and how you feel about players, et cetera, is kind of, you know, I mean, like people may disagree with you, but they'll say, oh, I, I understand the process. I see what he's doing. I see how he arrived at his spot. And, you know, there's some pretty simple things to do to keep that going is, you know, you be first to call yourself out. I mean, I learned that really early on when you're wrong. Be the first one to say, hey, I was wrong. Right. It's really easy. Uh, and we're all wrong. Right. Everybody's wrong about things. And so, you know, don't just sit there and say, well, I'm wrong. Well, say I'm wrong. Here's how I'm going to leverage this into being right next time. And here's how I would recommend you do that. Or here's here's a lesson I learned. I'll share this lesson with you. So when you go forward, you can make use of this lesson. And I think that's kind of, you know, where we're at in this. And it's funny because it's also evolved in, you know, back in the mid nineties to like literally crawling around looking for crumbs of information. You know, I'm on CompuServe grabbing the box scores. I had like a 900 number. I would read the box scores into the 900 number on Sunday night. Cause there's people that did not want to wait till USA today came out on Monday yeah, morning. Right. They would call that. That's how I, that's how I, I survived on that for a couple of years. Wow. Right. That 900 number was very popular. And I just sit there and get on CompuServe and read the box scores into my recorder. So, <laughs> but I think that, you know, now we've gone to the point where the back then it was finding the information. And I was also fortunate, like on the faxes, I had a, a friend uh, and a, a colleague that, you know, went to school in Tucson and, then moved back to New York City and he worked for a radio station, WFAN. And I think he worked for Mike Francesa. His name's Steve Cohen. 
he's the boss of Sirius XM now, the sports part anyway. Mm. And he would call me every day and say, okay, Harris, here's what's happened. You know, and he'd say, this guy practiced, this guy didn't practice. So we were, you know, getting that <laughs> specialized information. And that was the thing, you know, we were going from, you know, scrounging up this information to now where the objective is not scrounging for information. It's sorting through the information and giving people what's the most important information because there is no yeah. shortage. I mean, you can't not run into information wherever you go. So that is, it's, that's been the evolution is going from, you know, finding information to now limiting information and, you know, getting the most relevant information to your subscribers. That's the, that's become more of the challenge than finding the information. So what do you enjoy more? Do you enjoy the content production or do you, do you enjoy playing fantasy football more? Uh, I, so uh, like the content production is the dominant thing for me. I play a lot and I'm in a lot of leagues and I suffer because I focus really heavily yep. on the content, you know, like, so like every Tuesday, every Monday through Wednesday, I'm writing a thousand words per team. Well, that's when, mm. and that's pretty much an endless ongoing thing. I mean, that goes right up. I'm adjusting that right up to well, when it's released on Wednesday afternoon. I mean, that's, you know, that's prime free agent time. So I'm mm -hmm. first come first serve guy later in the week, right? I'm not out there, you know, I mean, there are, so to be clear, there are leagues where I pay way more attention and I put a lot more emphasis on because I'm in a lot of leagues. There are leagues where I'm really way more focused and I'll be doing more of the, uh, we all have our favorites, right? Be a little more proactive. Yeah. There's some, you know, you're in there with the heavy hitters. You don't want to look like a schmuck. So yeah, put a little more effort into it, but at the same time, I mean, you know, you've got, I've got to be realistic. And so, I'm being paid, but when I go into every season, my time is sold. I've sold my time, sure. right? So I have subscribers and I have contracts and obligations and I keep those obligations first and foremost. And so a lot of my satisfaction in the fantasy world comes from the fact that I'm helping people win titles more so than I'm winning titles. Although, look, I win titles. Okay, it happens, right? I mean, you know, but but when it happens, it's because I drafted really well and got lucky in terms of everyone held strong or I make a good trade or something, you know, trades kind of helped me out a fair amount in many leagues this year. And yeah. in this league, the Kings classic, um, I've got a great trade, but a lot of the trades that I do are initiated by others in the league because I'm not sitting there. You know, my radio co-host, Mike Dempsey is like a lot of time, like, and it's what you should do. Right. I mean, if you're like really serious about this, like he is, or like anyone out there listening is, you go out there and you're looking at everyone else's roster. You're, you're grinding, looking at your yeah. roster. You're finding your strengths, their weaknesses, and trying to mesh them together. And you're making fair offers to people that will benefit both of you. I've gained from that. But but for the most part, I enjoy the content creation more because if I didn't, I would go crazy because my teams all suffer because uh, the focus is on delivering for customers. And that should always be everyone's focus. I go back to, you know, there's something I was raised as is, you know, meeting your obligations like, you know, I grew up in an era when you know, the Sunday paper wasn't out there waiting for you on the porch. You, you, nobody said, oh, I hope the paper boy's OK. They said, hey, where's that paper? <laughs> right. That's yes. that's all that matter. And that's and that's no, I think that's paper? that's that's the word I was going to use. I didn't know if we were allowed to say that. Oh, yeah. Um, this podcast, you're, it, it's all, right. all available. The powers that be are just me and this guy. That's yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> but that's, that's the truth, right? I mean, nobody cared. I mean, I, the paper will get run over. I don't care. I want my fucking paper. Right. And so that's the, the approach I've taken to this job is you deliver uh, no matter what. And so, you know, and I have for 30 years. So uh, and that's probably why I'm still in business. Right. Because uh, not everyone has been that long. So. So, so yes, it, it, to the detriment of our leagues, but I do love playing. And I mean, I still enjoy playing and I love it when I win 
And, you know, there's nothing better than winning your fantasy league. It's just I have to be realistic and not set myself up for a horrible disappointments every year. How many leagues did you play this year? Do you know? Uh, it, was it was over 25. I want to say, I, you know, I don't know if I have an exact count, but well over 25. It's usually between 25 and 30. Um, yeah. And six, you know, I, the dynasties I know, and those are the ones I pay a little more attention to. I mean, I'm in some leagues with some big players. And so you want to, you know, you want to show up in those leagues in particular. So I put a little more emphasis on those. So I'm in six of those. And some of those are like really some really deep ones. They're the football diehards dynasty league is like a 32 team, 216, yeah, basically copies, two yeah. copies of every player, 50 man rosters, full IDP, you know? So, I mean, and I'm in a couple of those where it's like pretty much full IDP, uh, the full IDP. Ugh. Right. So that's the grind, <laughs> right? That's, that's a, a grind. grind. I'm not willing to get into <laughs> right. more power to you, Bob. Right. 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 No um, so, but you know, so, so, th- you know, those you put a little more energy and emphasis into and, uh, and, and like, like some of the, some of the redrafts I do as well, but I, but I become really big on best ball. I think that's like, you know, uh, for the obvious reasons. I mean, I feel like I draft really well. Like the drafting is only one part of it. You have to get lucky when you draft well and yeah. uh, and hope everyone holds up and all the things come together that you think are come together and all the happy stories you've told yourself have a happy ending as well. And it uh, turns out they don't always do that. But that's kind of, you know, I, I'm in a lot of best balls and uh, probably I'm not counting those in the 30 leagues, obviously, or no, the 25 no. to 30 leagues. So. No, we call that. What do we call that, Justin? Lineup setting leagues. Lineup, lineup setting leagues. leagues would 25 be, to 30 exactly. lineup setting leagues. Right. Yeah, because you can draft a million best balls. You can. Oh, that takes I may have. 15 minutes. Yeah, it takes 10 or 15 minutes on a random August Wednesday afternoon. So, so if you were to rank the fantasy spectrum, redraft, dynasty, best ball, Devi, you know, DFS, DFS you know, where, how, where, where, how do you rank them for you? For um, yourself? I, I mean, there's a place for all of them, right? I mean, I was, <laughs> you know, it, like, this that's is like the true me, business person's I, answer right it's, here. It's like, it's like when someone asked me if I, you know, I don't have kids, so I can't say like somebody asked you what your favorite kid is. It's like when someone asked me which of the big four is my favorite. Uh, Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax, or Slayer? What? Ah, yeah. How do you how, how do you answer that? I love them all so much. Uh, so uh, this would be a similar kind of situation, right? I mean, I, you know, they they all have their place. I probably over the time I kind of resisted Dynasty for a fair amount of time into I want to say the early two thousands, and maybe it's because the early ones I got into I was not in with great people. But once I right. kind of got into it, it 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 tends to draw me in the most because I mean you're sure. building and it's a year round kind of situation. There were some of them that were a little more more intense than I wanted, and not to denigrate the, the site, but Reality Sports Online. I was in a league there uh, that Matt Waldman put together with some with a bunch of heavy hitters. I mean, the the auction would take eight hours, right? I mean, you're sitting there and you have to sign contracts to players and manage the cap and do all those things. That was a little more intense than I could deal with, but I, it's a great idea, and I thought it was a great thing. If I only did one league and had like a normal job, I would probably love that, but. Dynasty is probably the you know the one that would be my favorite, but I like all of it. Superflex, oh, whatever yeah, version, whatever version of Superflex I can get into. If someone says Superflex, I oh, I that's where we're at. We're, might we're have a- room for one more, right? <laughs> Speaking of that, I, I feel like Overkill should be in that. There should be a big five. You no, know, I mean we could be Overkill, Exodus, <laughs> Testament. I mean we could you know I'm 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 open to a lot of things. I love a lot of stuff. So oh. so yes, I mean I, I think there's you know argued to be made that Exodus was around in that whole. Uh, I'm a Jersey you know, guy, so in that period, so uh, so yeah, I'm 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 fair. I'm I'm okay with all that. I just Exodus is touring right now. My a good buddy of mine just saw them down in Florida. Exodus is touring with uh, I think Black Label Society and I want to say Anthrax right now. 
40th anniversary tour for Anthrax and Zach Wild, who, by the way, had a show on the Fantasy Channel on Sirius. Zach Wild had uh, Wild on Sports. I got to have a lot of interaction with him. I get a lot of interaction with uh, the guys in Allison Chains. They have run a charity. They have a league. Uh, Scotty yeah, and Anthrax yeah. is in it, and we broadcast that every year. I've been lucky to host that the last five or six years. So, uh, so a lot of fun there. Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, if you're listening, sorry. No. <laughs> okay, Duff, man, we know he he's got a guy that comes drafts from. So. <laughs> I've seen pretty much all. I'm, I'm, I started out as a metal guy, so I've seen pretty much everybody live except for Anthrax. I've the seen one Anthrax band, the one band I've, I have not seen, and I'm a, I was a big Anthrax guy. Like I, you, I, know, I, I know. you know, if you if you like held me down, slapped me in the middle of the night, and put a flashlight in my face, you know, and it made me bail on one of them. It might be Anthrax, but. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. it's the big four. Come on. They're, I they're mean, great. when I was in high school, Anthrax, I'm right. living came out, and you know that was the end of it. it was, yeah, uh, I was like uh, one of so, all time greats. I've Years seen them decay as a, by Overkill. You know, that's where that's where I'm, that's my wheelhouse. I want to say I, I saw. We're, 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 we're meandering. This is the good stuff. We're in the good stuff right now. We're in the important things. Yeah. But yeah, I guess the meander stop. So you know, we mentioned leagues and deep leagues and copy leagues here larry should we should we just reiterate to folks about oh, the listener league that's right we, we kind of touched on it last week because larry is like prodding me to uh, expand the listener league so bob we have a, a 2018 two copy league so 14 team divisions we are going to make that a three division 42 team three copy Ooh. league guys yes. so ladies and gents if you're interested we've already got a couple people that have reached out so yeah. uh let's you know, we're not in any hurry to fill it, but feel free to get your name on the list. First come, first serve, and we will get another another copy of this going. All yeah, right. We're ready for you. We're ready for you. I'm ready to squash some more people. And with that being said, let's just roll right into this um, Patreon that we just la- launched. Okay. Oh. Well, yeah, we, we've got a fancy new Patreon. That's right. <laughs> some people don't know what that is. I mentioned it to a friend once. Yeah, yeah, I started this Patreon. They had no idea what the hell I was talking about. I mentioned it to a buddy at the bar who listens to our podcast, and he was like, and he's sitting next to his other buddy. We offer a pretty low subscription cost of $3 a month, and we have a, another tier of 10 and He's like, hey, Barry, you want to go in and have these on me on the $3? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, $3 a month for our little Patreon. You get in our group me. Uh, we'll start doing these uh, live on YouTube once – once Larry figures out what buttons to push for that. Yeah, that's my bad. We should have started that this week, but you know, yeah, that's but, all right. That's all right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so for three dollars, you can get in. Uh, you'll get the access to the YouTube. You get the group me. Uh, uh, yeah, we're gonna do a uh, a once a month like happy hour thing. I think too, like a, yeah, get everybody good. together and we'll evaluate your dynasty trades. You give us your trades. We'll we'll throw them in here, mix them in on the show. So. Yes, we'd like to do that. Yeah, we'd okay. love to do yeah. some trade analysis. If you want to go big time and do the ten dollars tour, <laughs> I'm tier. just trying to find the damn Patreon page. I got it all pulled up for you, Larry. Don't worry. <laughs> get, like, you get a hot sauce T-shirt. And Larry, Larry added in exclusive access to our private phone numbers. Oh yeah, that's right, Bob. You join the the ten dollars tier. You get our phone numbers. And I'm, um, I'm back for Patreon right now. <laughs> <laughs> you will get our pay. You'll, hey, yeah, you know what? You were just uh, talking about having trouble keeping up with your your rosters. We can uh, we can help you out with that too. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So that's what you're looking at, guys. If you wanna if you wanna join our Patreon, hit us up. Um, Larry, do you have the exact website there? Patreon.com Dynasty Hot Sauce. 
there Thomas you go. Hot Sauce Podcast. There's the it's saucy tier and the extra hot tier. You get a t-shirt sent your way. You get our phone numbers. We can text and send each other happy birthdays and Merry Christmases and happy holidays and stuff. And, <laughs> you know, but yeah, happy new year. All kinds of stuff outside of fantasy stuff, you know. You want to talk advanced, about uh, yeah. religion, politics, abortion, whatever you want to, you know, discuss all Damn, that. You know. Larry. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk. Let's let's keep it a little over nine. Let's talk about deer hunting. Right, but, Larry, um, we'll talk to you I about reaper. It. Oh, there it is. There it is. There. Oh, look how nice that it. looks on Bob's phone. That's fantastic. The dynasty. Hey, Bob, Bob can do it while we're podcasting. You guys can find it while you're doing whatever <laughs> yeah, you're doing. Bob, there you go. All right, Justin. Yeah. Way to go, man. Let's get into some actual fancy football. Okay. Yeah, it's about time, right? Bob, what is your what is your early off season look like for for <laughs> like your dynasty leagues and stuff? And uh, for the dynasty leagues, I sit around and wait for trade offers. Uh, no. <laughs> I know. At some point, I start studying rookies. I don't do that during the season because I yeah. cover the NFL and not college. So, uh, but I do have people that I feel really comfortable with their work and know what their processes are. Most notably, Matt Waldman. Who I do a podcast with, by the way. You could listen to it every Monday. It's the Feel It or Fuck It podcast. It's great. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Safe for work kind of thing. Um, but uh but no, what, I, I what was the name of that again? Uh feel it or fuck it. Feel it or fuck it? Uh, I'm gonna oh yeah, I'm all, I'm all over that one. Hit, hit the Matt Waldman <laughs> at Matt Waldman on Twitter, you'll find it. Or at Matt Waldman RSP, the rookie scouting portfolio. Yeah. I use the I use that a lot, but but I start, you know, I start getting into the rookies a little bit here as we hit get into February. I like I've got to make it through the the season I still have uh, work related things to do through pretty much through the Super Bowl so I kind of focus on that then once the Super Bowl I'll start looking but I, but I am looking at all my rosters right now and kind of saying okay what do I need to get you know, the hardest thing for me in Dynasty is knowing when to quit right and not quit but you know start a rebuild like like yes. it's not a great team but but I and I I'm really not good at letting go like saying okay it's time Right. Like I need like I, I need to hire. So that's why I need you guys. Say, Bob, it's time. I will tell you right now, I love to break down team. I, I had two play, two teams that made the playoffs last year and I was like, these are just not the right. Well, they're, they're not it. So and there I, are people. I mean, that's that. the whole reason they're playing is so they can build teams. Right. So like you're maybe a little more eager to build down. I'm like I'm a little more stubborn and like less willing to admit that this is not working. Like this is like this far from working. I, I'm more like that. And so, you know, even when I'm like, like this far from that, right. So I have a hard time, like, you know, laying down saying, that's it. I'm not going to, you know, so I'll, I'll battle a little longer than probably I should before I do a rebuild, but that's what I'm doing right now. I'll look at my rosters and try to start discerning who needs to go. And, and, and that's, that's hard for me too. I mean, we all have dynasty teams with wide receivers that will, like, I probably have some who aren't even on leagues anymore that I just can't let go. Of. Yeah. Nobody lets go of wide receivers. They're like wide receivers that have been <laughs> retired for five years on people's rosters because it's hard to let them go. So I'm like, that's what I'm trying to do right now. I'm looking at all my rosters and trying to say, okay, what's really the dead weight here that I need to get rid of? And in some of those leagues that, you know, I mentioned, they're very deep and you don't really want to let go of anybody if you don't have to. So that's that's the process right now. And part of the, just in general, trying to get ready for next year and set up rankings and do things. I want to start looking for value. So you make your list of disappointing players and people that are that are going to be on, you know, people's 10-foot pole list that nobody's going to touch. Like, I don't want that guy, right? I want that guy when the price is right, though. I mean, I always do. That's always, you know, that's always, for me, the thing I'm looking for. So I'm looking for guys who disappointed people and start telling myself happy stories why they won't disappoint yes. me. <laughs> you know what my suggestion is, Bob, is you pick one team a year and just tear it down. 
<laughs> See, I, 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 you know, I, I think that's probably true. I think that's probably a good six. thing. If you're at six, my, my rule is basically 20%. So I'm at 11. This year, I, I, to, I grabbed a startup, so I had an extra team because I punted it and got five first and whatnot. But just I like to just every once in a while, just grab a team and go, you know what? Let's tear this one down and see what happens. I think there's a good argument for that, honestly, because otherwise I'm not tearing anything down. I'm just saying, oh, this is one piece away. I'm going to ride piece. this Cooper Cup and, and Matthew Stafford stack all the way to a championship again. Exactly. I will do that. Yeah. Yes, that's me. So I, you're, it's, it's true. Fun. It's probably a good idea to just tear one down every year. Just because, I mean, that is, you know, the joy of Dynasty is building the team, right? And so it really uh, is. It is. So, I mean, I miss out on a lot of joy, apparently. I just took over an orphan this week. I've done that. That's not my favorite thing. <laughs> Larry loves an orphan. Well, In fact, he tried to convince me to take an orphan last week, but I, I just don't know how many more leagues I'm going to add this year. Right. So. That's I mean, always the, that's always the issue. I mean, I got I've already had invites to hey, would you like to be in another league? Oh, I'm I would sure. Love yeah. to be in another league, uh, but uh, but sadly no. Yeah, no. Um, what did you take over, Larry? Super duper flex. Bill McCarthy reached out and said, "Hey, uh -huh. you want to get in the, this league?" Then Swags Shane Swags Zillow Zillow <laughs> Yeah, Swags uh, reached out and was like, "Hey, man, get in this league." And I was like, "Oh man," uh, so, and I look at it, I look at the roster and it's completely not anyone who i would have it's like cooper <laughs> cup nick chubb like all these like old i'm like i'm a, I'm a young guy i mean i like the young guys i like we joke that if there's facial hair he he won't roster them so. yeah, yeah, yeah it's fair uh this is like the opposite of a team so i and it's like russell wilson and aaron Rodgers and ryan Tannehill. it's like the like, this is just this team hunter henry and like just oh my goodness i'm like man i can't i'm just gonna i can't wait to blow this team up and just see what i could get for this and that and 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 that's what i've been doing i just took this team over like less than a week ago and yeah, um, i've taken one over and i'm sorely wish i had not i felt that way too in the beginning because i started throwing trades around and i wasn't just i just was just getting rejected and i was like oh man did i, I get in the wrong league or, or and i'm like so hey. second thoughts and then all of a sudden i i made a great trade and i, and I just brought my spirits back up and i was it, back it turns in. out turns out teams are orphaned often for a reason yeah. 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 Right. 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 <laughs> and it's never because they won the championship. No. And they just retired. Never of the reason. Yeah. Never the reason. Is there a memorable like season where it's like it's all uh, Terrell Davis for me? Like I had him in like in, like the 1998 season when he just went berserk every single game. Like I'll always remember him. Is there, is there anybody <laughs> like that in your life? It's always kind of a blur, but like you know the years that you identify that guy that's going to end up the season really strong. I think there was a you know the. I want to say David Johnson's first year as a Cardinal as he when he Ooh. came on down the stretch. I think, you know, Jarek McKinnon this year, I mean, I was in on him way yes, early. Yeah. I mean, I think there's always, look, we're always looking for a league-winning running backs because every year there is one. And I mean, that can go back to Nick Goings, Ruben, Ruben Drones. I mean, I can go back to, back to the 80s. And there's always someone that turns up that wins somebody title that nobody drafted. And so trying to identify those guys before somebody else picks them up is one of the, one of the, the objectives I always set out and, and, and almost – universally failed to do I did not see justin Forsett coming for the ravens you know i mean like the, right. but there's always going to be that guy and so trying to find that guy is always great even and, priest uh, holmes was kind of nobody before he was he, well, holmes. Yeah. he was but he kind of wasn't right i mean he always had a little something going on yeah, but it seemed like his coaches didn't trust him right yeah. with the yeah. ravens he was like you said that guy looks like he could play. Then he goes to Kansas City and Dick Vermeil is yeah. like going to just say. Steamroll. You know, Here's yeah, 380 carries. Or whatever. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. but at first it was like, you know, well, we have a really good fullback who runs the ball well too. So Tony Richardson was getting as much work as Priest Hall. It was like, yeah. you know, 
it, it was a long process for him. And then Larry Johnson was there. And so there was a lot going on. So, but yeah, always finding those, uh, always looking for those kind of players. Is there anybody um, that you want a piece of? Anybody that uh, <sighs> boat your boat right now? Yes and no. I, you know, I can live without anybody. You know, anybody who's the right price, I will, I will mm. jump all over. And I think that's the key. I mean, there's players I'm always looking to move on from. There's players I'm not like buying into as much as the world. So I tend to not not have many shares of them. So when there's someone I really like, I think everyone else really likes them, and I feel like I'm overpaying when i try to get what about these rookie these rookie wide receivers that have just played do you think they were drafted in the right spots or yeah would you move them I, around a little I, bit i think for the most part i mean you know there was people who thought chris matt waldman was really high on chris Olave. i did tend to plant my flag on a guy and i'll draft him in multiple leagues drake london was that guy uh mm-hmm. sometimes you should realize that guys without quarterbacks aren't the best guys to draft but <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> and you, I knew that going in, but I'm ho- I still have hopes. And and like so, generally, I think this year kind of demonstrated what we've seen the last couple of years. Rookie wide receivers are viable plays. I mean, there was a time yeah. when we started playing back in the day when it was like four years into a career. Oh, that guy might have a chance, right? Now yeah. as they come out, and it's you know, college offenses are you know running pro style offenses, and these guys are hitting the ground running. So uh, I think all the leagues where I have shares of Amon Ross St. Brown, I could not be happier and. And I think I'll be fine with Drake London. I think he was better, you know, even without quarterback play uh, that he had any business being, and he'll be heavily targeted. So Garrett Wilson looks like he'll be phenomenal if uh, your boy Zach there uh, goes away. <laughs> yeah, if he goes away, is that what you said? Yeah, if he that's goes away. Yeah. I hear Milf Manor is looking for. <laughs> yes, I just saw a commercial for that Milf show. Manor. What the big twist is, what is it going to be like their sons are like in I the I think house? it was all going to be Zach Wilson. <laughs> yes, he's good, definitely part of the camp. He has to be. Pass him around, ladies. He should be the like. like Wear him the, out. We don't need to see him in the football. Yeah, just keep anymore. him tired, so he's not. He should be like the MC, not. like that. He should like the guy that like runs the the show. No, because you can't sleep with the with the people on the show if you're uh, the MC. Can he though? Yeah. Yeah. He's Zach Wilson. He can sleep with whoever he wants. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Uh, but but like you know, Garrett Wilson looks pretty Same. damn good, and so uh, you know, I was pretty impressed this year with the rookie class in general. So Brees Hall, I think you know, is a player that. Yeah. Uh, you know, turned out to be phenomenal. I have shares of that. Uh, you know, I have shares of Kenneth Walker. I'll probably be looking to move. I think he's, you know, of all my young pieces, he's the one I think that I might get something for that mm-hmm. I'm feeling like probably be okay. Doesn't catch a lot of balls. I don't know. Maybe they need some work on the offensive line. So I what might about, be willing to move him. What about uh, Jamison Williams? You don't think he eats into uh, Amaran St. Brown? I don't, uh, I don't I think there'll be plenty to go around. I think Amon Ross St. Brown. So going into this year, I kind of, you know, talked to a number of Lions beat writers and, you know, kind of the general consensus was, yes, Amon Ross St. Brown's going to be very good this year, but he's not going to be as busy as he was last year. Oh, Whoops. okay. And so, sure. and so maybe he won't be as busy, but he'll still be damn busy. And so maybe some of the Hawkinson clearance will uh, work oh. in – open a little more pathway but yeah i think jameson williams would be great i've uh plenty of shares of him as well and i think there's very talented player who is available at a good price i didn't see 146 targets coming for Um i didn't i didn't either i I thought it'd be in the 120 range yep i I think that was a reasonable expectation 100 100 plus right i I was going yeah 100 plus i i remember talking and some of the you know i love talking to beat writers who have now you know speak the language right they know what we're after you know, and I think Benjamin Raven from MLive.com covers the Lions is really good. 
uh, you know, kind of assessing the the possibilities. And, and you know, he was one that said, like, uh, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown, he's not going to get 10 targets a game. I think Jared Goff's kind of demonstrated he's a little more than a bridge quarterback for them. He can keep that offense on schedule pretty well. So I'm sure they'll draft somebody at some point, but I don't know that they that he won't be the he won't be the trigger man for at least another year as these guys continue to, to produce. So and j- just heard like just now, you know, or a couple hours ago, Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator is going to stick around. He's not going to, he's, he's out of the head coaching race. So there's that. Uh, Which is great. Yeah. He said he, he likes what they're building and wants to. See I it like it too. Work. Yeah, me too. Like more <laughs> kneecaps. Where, where are you at on Swift, man? DeAndre Swift. I'm out. Right. Yeah. Like, he like, okay. No, nobody's, uh, nobody's on my 10 foot pole list. I will touch everybody at some point if the price mm-hmm. is right, but the price is like, it's going to have to be a complete swap. He's going to have to go at Jamal Williams prices before I, before I nibble, I just like I'm chasing volume, right? And that you know, that's why, like, that's why I'm willing to trade like a Kenneth Walker right now. I think people will be interested because they should be chasing volume too. And I'm I'm saying that because I have them on a number of teams, uh, but also have like like one roster I have I have Javante Williams, who I hope he comes back. Brees Hall, who I'm sure will come back. So I have some really good pieces. So Kenneth Walker's like a boy. I like him, but if he caught the ball more, I'd like him better gets enough volume might get something for him i guess that's you know that's always what you're looking for and that's always kind of the the, the issue with trading players you know you got to give up a little something to get something back and he seems like he's a little something where are you on danny dimes i mean all in i think so he's one of the you've lit the fuse guys stand back uh no so like i was one of those you know i was not the uh driver of the uh daniel jones hype train in his rookie year but i was like definitely the conductor uh you know i was like i was all in i thought this is this is i thought it was a good spot a lot to like i dialed it back a little bit last year but i still kept thinking he can be something this year wasn't all in but i do have i did have some shares of him just you know on the hopes that brian dable would turn out to be as sharp as he seemed to be Uh, in buffalo and it turns out he was and i think you know as i look at the situation they're like i don't think every game's gonna be the minnesota game right nobody should think that but also Like if you looked at that slate, if you're playing DFS this past weekend, you're saying, what quarterback has the rushing equity in this week's games not named Josh Allen? There's one, Daniel Jones. I mean, I just that's the overlooked part of his game. And I think probably not as overlooked as it was, but that guy runs like crazy. And I think yeah. in my mind, the happy story I tell myself is Brian Dable sees Josh Allen. Like he sees, I can turn this guy into something. Remember when Josh Allen came to the league, he could hit the broad side of a barn. He was like, you know, there's, I mean, there was a lot not to like about him. Now he's the best quarterback in the NFL. I suspect Brian Dable had something to do with this. I suspect he will have something to do with Daniel Jones being much better than people expect Daniel Jones to be. Are you the guy that that leaves the trade hanging? Yes. There is no hurry, man, because why? The deal always gets better the longer you wait. I am a slow roller. I have... uh... I will keep you. Uh, <laughs> there, are, there are people who probably would like to kill me. Matthew Berry would probably like to kill me. We have there, there are trades we've talked about for over a year. <laughs> yes, I will slow roll you to death because it always gets better, right? I mean, or, or I think it should get better. One of those. You know, when you got up, when you have them on the hook, then you just, sometimes it takes a little bit of time to I reel mean, it in, right? I think, you know, <laughs> well, sometimes it takes time to get everybody to see things the way we all see things, right? I mean, we view pay- players differently. We value players differently than each other. And when you have those impasses, you know, sometimes it takes a little creativity to work through them or around them. Do you do any live drafts? Is everything all virtual? Uh, I do. I do. Like the Kings Classic drafts are live. The Scott Fish draft. I went to a fishbowl. I went to a live draft in L.A. Oh, did you? Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. 
um, at the Trophy Smack headquarters, which is phenomenal. Okay, uh, Matthew, yeah. and those guys, everyone there, Matt does a great job. So it it was a really really good time. But but yeah, so I do some live drafts, not a ton. I made some trades in this. I know. I can see. I can. I can like see the excitement in your face. You're ready to talk some trades. Start feeding us some trades, Larry. Let's hear what you've done. So, so like I said, I picked up this orphan that was just old. It was like, I mean, Leonard Fournette. You know, James Connor. I mean, there's nobody. (laughs) All these great here that I would never have on my team. Hunter Henry. Uh, Robert Tanyan. <laughs> it's just like there's nobody on not old. He's just not good. He's 28. He's 28. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. He, you know what? You're right. I, and I looked him up and I was surprised that he had that, that he was 28. Like I said, this was this draft. This was this league I just joined. And I'm throwing stuff around. And there's this Cooper Cup, and there's probably his best player. Quarterbacks are mediocre, blah, 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 blah. I give up Nick Chubb and Cooper Cup for Traylon Burks and the 102. This is a 12 team, 1.5 tight end. I think you you're think getting Cup's... off the Cup train to stop too early. Uh, you think Cup is going to keep being Cooper I think Cup? Traylon Burke's never going to be good. That's fair. That's fair. I think the 102 for Cooper Cup. I think that's, I mean, I don't think it's unfair. Right. Yeah. I don't think it's unfair. I mean, I think it's a reasonable trade. So I don't think anyone got rooked or anything. Well, it's funny because I was fine with this deal. I wanted to get younger. I just needed right. to get some youth on this team. And I was in a big hurry to do it. Um, right after I made the deal, I got a couple offers for Burks, but I but I turned them down because they weren't any good. This was Swags. He, he offered me Baker Mayfield and Mike Gusecki at 23 uh. first for Wilson, Burks, and a 23 fourth. Wilson, which Wilson? He wanted Russell Wilson and Traylon Burks for me, and he was offering me Baker Mayfield, Mike Gusecki, and a first. Oh, you should yeah. fight him. You should fight him right now. Yeah. What did you so, do to piss him off? Uh, <laughs> this was right after I made the deal. Uh, He's like, Burks. take this yeah. 23 first and these other two pieces that don't matter <laughs> at all. If you're probably going to want to. So, to, I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to characterize that as like one of the but i get sometimes offers where you're just going what does this person think of me why would you i think i guess you think like it's interesting what people think of you uh, when you get offers at some points and i mean you know people totally lowballing you and like okay i'm busy but i'm not like you know yeah i mean i have the reputation to start out. i like to start out uh you know pretty low yeah, <laughs> but but I get a lot of deals done eventually, you know. Yeah, uh, you know, I like to yeah, chip you're, away. You're a, uh, you're a mass trade sender. Well, Bob and was just talking about how he methodically, you know, takes his time and waits for the the syrup to. You know. I do, I do like getting lots of offers, though. I mean, that's you know, that's Larry how pours buckets of water in hopes that someone hits. Gets, I I play with a lot of people like that. <laughs> Mike Dempsey, Mike Dempsey, who my co-host on Sirius, who's a phenomenal dynasty player is is he's always out putting out offers and i'm getting you know i'm getting texts today from michael fabiano i'm on board let's make a trade nice. i'm not yeah. that bored i'm not as bored as you no <laughs> and so i mean you know there's there's i i do like getting offers um and because it you know saved a lot of legwork then i like to sort through them and then slow roll them along but I, you always need people in leagues there's got to be one or two guys in leagues who are out there you know shaking up and you know looking at every roster and throwing yeah. out deals and moving things around so now i'm working the some other rosters i noticed that uh feverish finero swags his co-host on rookie fever didn't really have a quarterback so i was throwing russell i was trying to get garrett wilson from him i sent him a deal and he and he gave me the this is a good deal let me think about it it was uh, i was offering nick chubb james <clears throat> connor leonard fournette oh wait no that's a different one 
Which one? <laughs> <laughs> this was Russell Wilson, James Conner, and Austin Eckler for Garrett Wilson and Greg Dulcich. And he let he kept me hanging for Say it again. You, two you days. offered Russell Wilson what? I offered Russell Wilson, James Conner, and Austin Eckler for Garrett Wilson and Greg Dulcich. Oh my, I'd smash the Russell Wilson side. I real I have no Garrett Wilson. Because, you know, I was like on the Elijah Moore train. Yeah, you didn't listen to me when I told you Garrett Wilson was <laughs> yeah. class and that he was. I was on the eight train. Jets. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you should have listened to me. Yeah. I knew so, more about your Jets than you did. So I don't have any Garrett Wilson anywhere. And this uh, was like, and and Fanaro gives me the, oh, you know, let me think about it. And then like leaves me hanging for two days. Now Swags is coming after me. He wants uh, Russ Wilson. So I'm like, I got this deal hanging here. And I'm sending Fanaro like, you know, all kinds of memes GIFs. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're, <laughs> exactly. To get him to move it on, to move it. And then and Swags is like, uh, he's stringing you along. He's Wilson's his favorite guy. There's no way he wants to move him. He's, he's just, he's, there's no way he's doing that. So anyway, we were going back and forth. I was going back and forth with Fanaro. I ended up not doing any deal for Garrett Wilson, and I ended up trading with Swags, Derek Carr, Zach Moss, Mike Gusecki, <laughs> or Russ Wilson. Why? I want. Okay, so I don't understand this. Okay, Zach Moss means nothing. I right. mean, he literally means, means nothing. nothing. Piece, right? You're hoping Gusecki moves and gets used in the right. future. As that's a 28 year old or whatever. That's my, that's so my this goal. is like Derek Carr plus a smidge for Russell Wilson. Why would you do that? You got uh, You got like to for, This you, is a fair question. You got uh, Russell. I mean, did you get Russell Wilson or did you I give gave Russell up Wilson? Russell Wilson? Yes, that's I think, what I'm asking. I just, Why would you give up Russell Wilson? We just talked about last week. Three of his last four weeks, he scored 24 plus points. We just talked about this, Larry. <clears throat> He's locked in for four more years in Denver. He's got weapons. I know, and he, and I know, I get and it. I feel like I feel like you're vagabond in the NFL. You're, I mean, you. There's no way you're not selling low. I mean, you you're not getting you're not going to get return on Russell Wilson right now based on the numbers. And yeah. I think what Justin said is true. I mean, you know, he's just the situation he's in, and hell, maybe gets Sean Payton as a coach, maybe not. Right. There's an itch don't, to don't, trade. Don't do that, Bob. Don't do that. I don't even have any Russell Wilson. I'm going to try and. Play. I never say anything can't be as bad as something because it always is when I say that. <laughs> So I mean, I really want. I was really upset about the Fanaro string me along. You rage traded him away. I rage traded him uh, away. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> it happens. It happens. I I did it right away. Yeah, and and my hope is that Kaseki signs somewhere where he can be productive. I hope he's not productive because I can't watch that celebration even one more time. <laughs> so Russell Wilson and uh, Derek Carr. Averaged within 0.18 points of each other this year. I know there's uncertainty the with Derek Carr, where, you know, landing spot and stuff. So my, my tight ends were Hunter Henry, Hayden Hurst, Hunter Long, and Robert Tanyan. And, and Tegan Quintoriano. So, wait, so you have Hunter Henry. You had Quentin Tarantino. Like, for that the guy guy. Like, <laughs> what did Gusecki have, like 30 targets this year? I don't even know. It was awful. Gusecki, well, my hope is that Gusecki signed somewhere else. I understand. I know. Yeah. I rage traded Mike. Russ Wilson. I'm a Mike Gusecki truther. Oh so I'm, I'm really hurt after this year <laughs> because he was good for the last two, three, oh four God. years. He was and good for the last 50, two, three, 52 great targets. fit, great fit there in Miami. <laughs> 
it's like they brought in they brought in these two wide receivers that forgot everyone else. And they drafted the tight end too, you know. And then this is the league I'm in, right? That I just talked about. I'm getting an offer of Ramondre Stevenson and Jalen Warren for Austin Eckler. I don't yeah, want that. Whatever. I'd rather I'd rather try and get picks in a player. I'm trying exactly. If I'm flipping Austin Eckler, I'd like to right. get. Let me let me do like a pivot of like. Eckler for Eckler for a, like a late 23 first and well you already have Connor and Fournette but like a Tyler Algier you know something like that where I get some draft equity and then a player that could be usable for the next year right. or two yeah so, so I made a deal we talked about it earlier where we we inferred about it earlier oh yeah the Justin, the Justin Fields and the concern over his future so I <laughs> I really am high on Justin Fields for 2023 because he's going to be the starter. He's going to use his legs. It's going to be a shit ton of well, points. Well, they have a, a boatload of money to spend and, um, and they do high, like high, high draft picks. Yeah, right, right. The only thing I'm concerned about is if he doesn't develop, his dynasty value is going to. I okay. was not actively trying to move him. Didn't didn't update trade bait or anything, but I got an offer from our friend Kaboom. Oh. In a, uh, it's another 14 teamer that I commissioned. Oh. Um, and it's a 0.1 PPC, so a small point per carry, nothing crazy. But I got the offer of my Justin Fields and Deontay Johnson for Justin Herbert and Tutu Atwell, and I didn't even I didn't even counter. I just hit the accept button, took Justin Herbert. This is the league. I would, I would do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it gives me security in a league where I, I have uh, I have Josh Allen and Kirk Cousins. <clears throat> I'm yes. I'm all in on Herbert. I'm yeah. Totally. I've uh, he, He's a player I'll be looking to, like, hope somebody gets disappointed in or feels like it wasn't the year they hoped for, um, and I can gain some kind of slight discount. Yeah, what I'm banking on here is now that I have four, five, seven years of security rather than one or two years right. and hoping that the, hoping the progression comes. Because right. it does concern me that, that Fields – is not a great passer right now. Right. And then, not a great they, passer, I mean, he's a bad. It doesn't passer. have great weapons, and hopefully they yeah, put true. some weapons around him and add an offense. But they have they need a lot of things in Chicago, uh, yeah. and that might be the problem. So you know, you, you guys get really got me thinking about this rage trade now. I think the rookie fever guys plotted together to uh, <laughs> to get. <laughs> I believe they they played on your emotions. Riled up with a shit offer, and then you're like, they, well, let me send, let me send an like equally. Panero sets me up, they, and they played on your emotions. Yeah. <laughs> you get him, you string him along for a couple days, leave the offer hanging. I'll start texting him. I'll start messaging him, which is what happened. Corresponding with Swags. I was going back with Finero. Next thing you know, he pulls it and Swags' his offers just sitting out there. I mean, uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, they may maybe throw in, uh, like, I don't know, Zach Wilson and a ticket to Milf Manor. I don't know. <laughs> that's a th- yeah, that's crazy. Bob, you were slumming tonight and, you know, picked you up hitchhiking. And we appreciate uh, <laughs> appreciate the invite. We'll have to do it again soon. Yeah. Uh, in, in the altar season when I have time. Yeah. Yeah. Don't hit so, me up in the season. I'll tell you no. Or you got to do it in the daytime. Yeah. Right. right. Well, we're not against those either. All right. So, so your show is all over serious. When's the next? I mean, every. Um, right now, you can catch me for the rest of this month uh, Monday, Thursday, Friday, 10 p.m. Eastern time, Saturdays, three to five. Um, yes. No more pregame shows. I was doing the pregame show like I've been doing for, mm-hmm. God, it seems like 100 years now. Uh, that's out. And so, um, and no more uh, Saturday night shows on NFL radio. So it's, it starts dialing back, slowly receding. But you can catch my live streams on the Football Diehards YouTube channel. You can watch my Twitter for those. I do them every Wednesday and Saturday, Wednesday night at 7, Saturday at noon. <clears throat> and I'll sit there and everyone can come yell at me and I'll yell back or whatever. 
uh, and uh, and plenty of stuff at footballdiehards.com. So no shortage of goodies. That's a, I was on the website earlier. Just a robust. Sprawling. It's a plethora of. Plethora. I have some yeah. great people on staff there that do some great DFS people. And so it's a good time. So you, are you talking about that one person that does all, all the jobs? Or you actually have 50 people on staff now? Actually, you now have 50 people on staff. Actually, more. Actually, oh, more. Yeah. Who uh, who do you like in these? Are you doing any playoff stuff in um, do you like DFS stuff? or? Yeah, I'll play. I do. I'm a tournament junkie i like to sit down and watch games with lottery tickets in my hand so yes sure, i'm yeah. a long shot guy i like right. the, dude i like the seven team parlay or it's not seven seven player parlay yep. like sure. over under on yardage and stuff yep, I was, yep, it was yep. like a ten dollar bet and you'd win like 3500 bucks <laughs> yep. yeah, those are the fun ones you know? yep that's that's the thing yeah. man that's the the joy that's the dfs is great it fixes everything that's wrong with season long right you had a All crappy right. draft or people get hurt or whatever every week you just come in and start fresh i like that yeah. All right. Well, thanks, well, Bob Harris at Football Die Hard on Twitter. Catch oh. us on Patreon. Hold on, catch us on Patreon, the Dynasty Hot Sauce Podcast. You can search us up there. Hit us up. Become a Patreon. Support our work, and we'll we'll love you and support your teams. That's Do right, ten dollar tier, people. Don't screw around. Ten dollar tier. Get the phone numbers. Get the digits. Thanks for listening. Yeah. One, two, three, four. Larry Monkey and Justin Rogers. Talking Dynasty Football, baby.